What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Monday edition, which is going to be a crossover between All Eyes on Cleveland and Brad Ward and myself, Jake Burns, and the OBR Film Breakdown. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope your weekend was well. Lots of uh, great opportunities for get-togethers over the weekend. I know we had some. Weather was beautiful. The OBR group all got together, which is great. We had guys from Wisconsin and Michigan and uh, all over the place coming in from Cleveland to, uh, to come down to Columbus for little golf outing that we did. And I should say, let it be known that myself, Jared Mueller, who joined us uh, from his his location in Dayton, and Andrew Spade, we were able to take out the other team in a four-man scramble. So, you know, we got an extra shot because we only had three of us. Our graphics uh, guru, Seth, was, uh, was our guy kind of driving the cart and being the caddy, and we took out the other four. So, and these other four should live in infamy. That's Mike Keefe from Garage Beers Podcast. We're, we're naming them all, Brad. So we got Mike Keefe. They lost. Cody Sook lost. Uh, who else? Fred Greetham. We got the best of Fred and Anthony Reinhardt. So you guys, uh, you know, it's publicly known now that you ended up losing in golf endeavors this weekend. So that's our weekend. Nothing else crazy than that. Brad, what's up, buddy? How was yours? Uh, good weekend. As I said to you, not long enough. They, they happen uh, too quickly for me. Sounds like a lot of fun uh good good uh good weekend to get out on the course i saw jared posting about something about a uh light driver or something i yeah on the back back of the green on somewhere somewhere and i was like i wonder 245 yard par three which is ridiculously long par three for normal structures of a golf course not from the tips either the back back tee box is like normal so Jared hit driver and somehow was able to maintain that thing, keep it on the green. So, hey. yeah, man, it was fun. Good outing. Good outing. Next, good time. You know, it's good, it's good overall. Next time you guys hit the links, right here, ringer. All right. Ringer. I'm bringing you in. Ringer. I'm ringer. Brad you guys Ward. have you guys no hear idea he's... what's happening. I'll come in and, and tear it up. You have no idea. He's, you all out there have heard it now. Brad <laughs> is the guy that you need to contact, DM. Hey, man, we need you for our scramble. He's he's available, readily available. So, um yeah, listen, it was a good time. Was, we got together, Barry McBride, our site founder and publisher and all of that. Barry was able to spend some time with us and join us, and uh, we got some dinner beers afterwards. So good time all together. Um, awesome. Otherwise, yeah, man, let's uh, let's dig in on some linebackers today. Before we get there, though, you had a good key question, Brad, and I think I want to throw it to you to go through that uh, key question that I think is floating out there depending on some major news. We should get some major news this week, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. How long is she going to take? I mean, briefs are in tomorrow, right? So how long is she going to take with them? I can't imagine there's anything brand new in the briefs. Like, I don't really know. She, You have to have an idea. I feel like this is just me, Brad, but I feel like she took the, the week and a half, and I think you and I have talked about it a little bit, but the week and a half was sort of to give the NFL and NFLPA a chance to settle this before she makes a decision. I have to That's think that I she's got to. I think she's got to decide. I hope. I mean. She's seen all the evidence that matters. I, I, I guess I don't know. I'm not uh, really well, well-versed in legal um, you know, understanding here. So there's possibility that new things do get revealed in these final, uh, what are they called again? Final um, briefs. Briefs. Yeah, I just can't imagine much. Feels to me like a closing arguments type deal. But anyway. Boxers are briefs. Yeah, that's right. That's right, <laughs> man. I, I I, I can't I just can't see a bunch of new stuff being revealed. And to me, it's like the decision needs to come out sooner rather than later this week to me. Yeah, uh, I am a little bit surprised, Jake, that they did not settle. Uh, you know, it's at a point now where 
it kind of felt like it was leaning to a point where like both sides would be a little worried about what Sue Robinson's going to like. The NFL has to be a little bit worried about what Sue Robinson's going to do and maybe, hey, let's cut our losses and cut our chances and settle somewhere in the middle here and not really get uh, hosed over on this um, with what she comes down with. She's kind of a wild card at this point. So I think that I thought that they were going to settle. I kind of thought they were, and I'm a little surprised they didn't. I'll say, it to me, it seemed too, at least it seems from those in the public uh, the forefront of the public here that it's it, the longer it goes, the more people seem to think it favors Watson. And I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think that's true. I just think it's been a long time between these cases and, and a decision. And people are generally thinking like, Hey, there there's, there's a chance this doesn't go for just because the decision hasn't been made early. And those people who are indicating that are probably swaying the opinion of a lot of people. I still think a really long suspension is at the very forefront of a decision here. And I know that kind of is a segue into what we're going to talk about, but I think that there is definitely still a realm where she's already made this this long decision uh, about a suspension, a, a long suspension, and we have just kind of been like, well, it's taking her a long time to decide, so that might work in the favor of the NFLPA. I just think that there's a lot of presumptuous stuff going on about what the outcome is going to be, and based on how long it's been now since since some sort of discussion has happened, um, or anything's come to the light. I think people are starting to, to hedge a little bit, Brad, like those yeah. in mainstream are starting to hedge a little bit and say, well, I've heard now, blah, blah, blah. We've heard some things have come out over the weekend about the NFL PA tried to still do an indefinite suspension, but only make that indefinite suspension last 12 games, which to me is kind of weird, kind of contradictory no sense at all. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't really understand that much, but nonetheless, it's, uh, you know, it's it's just I don't think we're any, anybody knows. So with 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 that possibility for a long suspension still sort of sitting out there, mm-hmm. I think it leads to question some of the things at the position, which is where I think your question comes into play. Yeah, I, I think, Jake, that Jacoby Brissett was brought in here with the idea that he would be a good stopgap for six to eight games. Um, and this thing is looking like it potentially could be much longer than that. And at what point, you know. At what point do the Browns say we can't just punt on the season with Brissett playing 12-plus games uh, and we've invested too much and there's too many guys in their prime uh, on this roster to let Brissett quarterback this team? There's a better option out there potentially in Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, are we sure that's a better option? I, I think it's surely a better option, but I think the first thing you would have to do is kick the tires on his health, right? Um, that becomes the first thing is, can he throw? Where's he at with that? If he can, then you need to look at what it takes to acquire him, right? So he's due to make $25 million, none of it guaranteed. So I guess at the end of this thing for the 49ers is potentially a release, right? Um, if, if they can't get off of him, I mean, do you think they'll keep him for $25 million? I doubt it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. I, it, it, you keep... You keep seeing these weird things about Trey Lance and their lack of confidence in Trey Lance. I don't interesting. I, I don't know. I've just seen it come up a few times. I'm not here to have any insight on the 49ers whatsoever. I get, it would seem really silly. The only way that you would feel comfortable keeping him is if you're not comfortable with Lance being your guy. So that is our gonna be our indicator, right? Like that's truly gonna be the indicator of whether they believe in him or not it's hard to envision them just being comfortable hanging on to 25 million to sit on the bench so 
they start to get into some desperation. The question is, if the Browns were to do something like this, and I, I'm going to be clear, like I don't think they will, Brad. Um, if they if they if they get a 12 to 17 to indefinite suspension for Watson, like I really don't think they're going to make a move. I, I kind of, and I'm not here to, to say whether that's right or wrong, because you know, again, they had terrible terrible quarterback play. i guess what you're asking is can jacoby Brissett duplicate what baker mayfield did last year and perhaps be a little less turnover prone i tend to think yes and that version okay. probably gets them into the playoffs like they're still a playoff team because i mean they were knocking on the door of the playoffs and i know some things broken some good directions in certain spots especially considering like the ravens health and some other things of that nature but uh they 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 have to be thinking that they think like we can hold the fort down i just I would be really surprised if it seems like they have been fighting like crazy to continue to build rollover cap, uh, to, to continue to pay off these void year contract situations, which I think are a great idea, especially because there are no interest credit card situations when the cap is going up. That helps. But I think they love, and I, Brad, I really believe this, they love to have flexibility in how they're able to either use it for void years or go after somebody who matters. So I just have a hard time seeing them do this sort of thing in this scenario. Um, I, I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked, especially if it's a year-long suspension. I wouldn't be shocked necessarily. But, boy, is it, is it hard to sort of justify that decision when the, the, with the way they've gone about something. So, I, I, again, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the biggest shocker in the world, but I lean toward I don't think they're going to do that, that they're comfortable with Jacoby. Like, I think that they think, Jacoby's clearly limited. They're not stupid in that regard. They're not, you know, riding independent on that whole thing and, and ignoring the obvious here. But they're thinking, can we get 10% better quarterback play? And if you get 10% better quarterback play, you probably are a playoff team. So, like, that's all playing into this, in my opinion. But, but again, this is all contingent on Watson getting some kind of really meaningful suspension here, right? So Right. Um, and my last point on this, and I tend to agree with you, that that's their belief and that's what they want to do. I guess I'm coming from like a little bit more of what I would like to see them do. And of course, so, so, but here's the one thing I'll throw out there that is a little bit different. So, so say Watson does get a year in his contract holes. The Browns are at $48 million now in cap space, right? After the Mayfield move. I mean, it, that number is going to explode up to somewhere near $70 million rollover that they never thought was going to happen if his contract tolls. Now you really do have enough money freed up to make a move like that if his contract does toll till next year. Um, that would make a lot more sense if he gets the full year and, you know, it's just $1 million. He is, He's only counting $1 million against your cap next year and your rollover number is up over $70 million. Uh, also, at what point, I mean, if Jimmy's going to facing being released, if he does get released, that's an opportunity to go out and get him at a cheap price because none of that money's guaranteed. So you could really go sign him for like $5 million and bring him in at that point if he ever did get released. Or if he's up against getting released, is it possible, and maybe you would know this better than me, to get with his people, hey, they know he's being released, we would like to trade for him and restructure his contract to a certain point because it behooves Garoppolo to get on the field. If if Watson is not going to play, he's not going to play, you know, Garoppolo is not going to play any place else unless it's Cleveland, right? Uh so it would be a him hard to take time a pay seeing, cut. Yeah. At this point I have a hard time seeing where he goes uh, if unless like you said he's cut and he's picked up for 
super cheap, I have a hard time seeing. I mean, we know what the market was for Baker, and I think people can justify a little bit more of like chasing the ceiling of Baker Mayfield than sure. they can with Jimmy. So especially the injury, all of that, I don't know. I really don't know where he lands. It's a it's a it's a massive mystery to me. So yeah. uh, the Browns could make sense if it's a long suspension. Step one is a suspension, as you know, being announced, and then step two is like figuring out how the money situation would go from everybody's side, and maybe Jimmy eats some of the money. Maybe San Fran, similar to what they the Browns just experienced with eating some of Baker's money, yeah. could the Browns try to find a way to offset that ten million? Right, like by yeah. having somebody else eat ten million of another contract in in a sense. So. I don't know. It's it's a fascinating question. I wouldn't hate it, but to me, it feels like it would have to be for this decision to be made, Brad, it would have to be an indefinite one year and indefinite suspension where they feel like they really, really have to have some sort of answer in case the indefinite stuff keeps happening. Right. Like that to me is about the only time I could see them do that, because I do think even up to 12 games, they think they can get by with Brissett. Like, I really do think they can do that. Yeah, I think I would tend to agree with you that, and also financially, you have to weigh in there too. That it, unless the contract tolls financially, like you said, that rollover money is a flexibility that they're looking at yeah. trying to have going forward. And and they're there right now, pretty good. You know, they have fifty million dollars almost rollover, the most cap space of anybody in the NFL. Just throwing it out there, Garoppolo is thirty three and fourteen career, uh, seventy one touchdowns, thirty eight interceptions. San Francisco. San Francisco has been totally different when he when he plays. There's no doubt about that. Now I'm not I'm not here. I know you're not doing the same, Brad. Not calling this guy an All Pro quarterback, but there's just no doubt that Jimmy is 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 uh, better. Kyle's better coach when Jimmy's playing. It all just works and operates better with him playing. So there, you know, I don't I don't think wins and losses are a, a great quarterback stat. And, I'm, and again, I'm not saying you you do either, but I'm saying like sometimes though, winning more than two to one ratio it does it does mean something and and i think it is a is a part of his game that that he just figures out a way to take care of the football manage games and make enough throws late right yeah yeah and when so, i think he figured out figured out how to win a lot of games in the same style offense that the browns would be running uh so i think that's intriguing to me and i do think it would be a significant upgrade versus Brissett. i totally agree with your point of view that hey, this is what you need from Brissett to be competitive. I also would like to throw out there to just kind of counter that. This is a different AFC than last year, too. So uh, I think you need totally to take fair. that into account. So. Totally fair. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. I, I just, um, yeah, put it this way. I, I, I feel if they didn't, okay, if they get a year suspension that turns indefinite, I think that this is on the table. If it's on the table with less than a year indefinite suspension, I would be pretty surprised. I, I, I would be pretty surprised by that. But I, I've been wrong many times and likely to be wrong uh, uh, on many fronts again. But that's just sort of agree. my hunch. That's just a hunch. So I tend to agree with you there. And, and but it's it's intriguing though. It's intriguing. It, it, it is. It's it that the first step once that announced dis- suspension happens or whatever the announcement ends up being. The, then the cards start going, what are our options? Like what, like all the cards are on the table now, like what are our real options here going forward? And I think that'll be one that we all start to evaluate come, come this upcoming week and a half. And, and it's going to be fascinating to figure out what they can and can't do here because the suspension, the length of said suspension that, uh, that is, that is looming. I, I definitely think a suspension is looming here. I, I don't, I don't I still remain, crazy for me to think that they would they would not say he violated the player conduct policy but 
um, it, it just would it would really have to be a long one to to move the needle enough to to make that decision. So, I think it's a good question though, Brad, and certainly one that maybe you and I can uh, on this identical night next week revisit with yeah. trying to formulate what they end up doing there ultimately. But uh, yeah, we're going to talk about backers here in just a minute. Uh, we're going to talk about two key linebackers that are going to be, I think, the focal point of this defense. Before we switch over to that, though, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, so back kind of checking in about these linebackers. It is, It is a... It's a young group, man, but it's a it's a talented group. So mm-hmm. we're going to focus on Jeremiah Wusukormoa, obviously, who is the linchpin of the group, and then we're going to talk about Jacob Phillips, who I consider to be the guy that they want to play at Mike was set to play a ton of snaps at Mike before that weird elbow injury last year, and uh, those I think it happened in joint practices, right, Brad? I, I think it was the when the Giants were in town that happened on like a was it a line, I feel like it was a bicep or a... something like that. Elbow? It was it was. Yeah. It was weird up and toward the elbow. He grabbed his elbow. I think you're probably right. It was something biceps related or a tendon in the elbow. Something something weird, but he was doing like a one-on-one cover. You know, they do running backs versus linebackers yep. and one-on-one pass coverage, and he went to grab the guy as he was running across him, and just it was just weird. So, you know, we know his rookie year was marred by injury. Let's just start with Jacob Phillips, and we'll get to JOK because we kind of dug in on him a little bit. So he only played 244 snaps his rookie year. If I recall – in 2020 that opening game with the Ravens he got hurt in that opening game he played uh I guess I can pull this up right in front of me um the 2020 season so he played week one didn't come back till week four and five then I think he had a knee injury Brad and he didn't come back until week 11 and then he played through the rest of the year he did have a couple really nice games the particular nice game was that week 17 clinching a playoff spot where he had nine stop tackle eight stop tackles in that game it was kind of all over the field and gave us an indication of what this guy might be um yes. he's he's obviously still young i mean this is why they draft him so young he, he just turned 23 on april 1st so he'll play all this year at 23 he's going to only have in 22 a cap number of 1.191 
So he's a lock for the roster because there's just no, the dead cap cap savings thing is just not in the favor of any kind of move of that regard. Plus I think he's a good enough player. I really do think they want him to be the two backer. Look, whenever they're in nickel, they want him to be the guy next to JOK because he plays fast. He can run, he can run fit. He's a little dicey in coverage from time to time, but for the most part, I think that they want to grow those two together. So that's why I kind of picked him to go with, to go with JOK here, not saying Anthony Walker is not going to still play a prominent role. I think he will. And we'll get to him and Sione Taki Taki tomorrow. But I'm curious what you think of Phillips, Brad, just a couple years into his NFL career. I should note last year he played, he did come back and play towards the end of the year. He played week 14, 16, 17, and 18. Uh, not a ton of snaps, only 123 snaps on the season, but they did get him some work, uh, which is good, right? Which is, which is good, but he needs a healthy season, man. He really does. This is, he is your uh, 2022-2023 prototypical linebacker, right? He ran a 4.6640 at the Combine. He is super athletic, sideline to sideline. Uh, he does everything you want to, your guy to do. You know, he tackles well. He's a, he's a dependable tackler. He's fast. Um, he's a playmaker. He can make big splash plays. He'll, he should turn people over, in, you know, interceptions, just making athletic plays, things like that. I love him, right? He's got to stay on the field. And the hardest thing that he faces, I think, here this year, right, is with with coaching, right? Coaches always revert to what they trust in big moments, right? So, like, for him to get significant snaps, Jake, it's like, okay, huge play or huge set of plays in a game. At what point does Woods become like, okay, I feel okay with Phillips here and not be like, uh, it's so easy for coaches to revert to that guy. Like, I feel better with Walker out here right now, just to be safe because I know what he's going to do. Right. And, and that's kind of like, for me, the hump that Phillips has to get over. He has to get over that hump of, I trust him now. I can put him in a big spot in a big down next to JOK, you know, as the two backers out there in nickel and not be like, eh, I need to go with Walker here because I know what he's going to do more. Because that's what coaches tend to do. They revert to what they trust in big moments. So he needs to get over that hump, that kind of the coach's hump of I, I, I trust him enough to leave him out there right now. We'll agree with that. He he needs to build some faith. And through through I do think – faith comes through consistency on a football field for him. I mean, if it was he's healthy and he can't get on the field, it's totally different conversation than he's capable but just can't, you know, can't get it can't get it figured out when he's on the field. So to to me, if he's healthy, I think he pushes much closer to sort of what JOK did from a snap perspective last year, which is about 650 700 snaps. Actually, I take that back. I do think they'll still get Walker a lot of opportunity. So maybe he's closer to that 500 range and um, is, is sort of slowly handed that baton over from, from uh, you know, from, from Walker. But they're not – I would have a hard time envisioning them keeping Walk and Phillips on the field together and kind of eliminating Taki Taki in those three linebacker looks because I really think they like yeah. what he's able to do uh, as a uh, – he's, he's really a traditional Sam. And, again, we'll talk more about him tomorrow, but – I think they like that look. So I think Phillips is in line to win the role. Uh, I think a lot of people look at, at Walker as a, a guy who is, is certainly a leader uh, in, in the, and, and he's always in interview situations. He's always at the forefront of the defense's 
conversations, but I do think they're also looking at the future and trying to figure out who's going to be our second guy. And I think the most logical second guy is Phillips. That's a guy I would love to see emerge in that, uh, in that, in that room. So uh, we'll, we'll, uh, you know, we'll keep an eye on this, but the, the player hasn't been as, as consistent as we would have hoped, but I do think he, from an athletic perspective, from a growth next to having two backers at the similar age point in their career, uh, anchoring your defense, I do think there's a massive hope he can figure it out there. Do you think Walker ends up getting more snaps, or do you think uh, Phillips is able to to sort of hold him off? I don't know. That's where I'm. That's where I'm kind of worried. Like, it, you know, it's easy to say. Like, I think there's no doubt, Jake, that they are sitting in their meeting saying. This, you know, Phillips is the guy we want to to get close to 600 snaps, right? He's the guy we want to play this role. I don't think there's any question that's what they want. But it's that's easier said than done when it comes to making uh, decisions when you're a football coach, right? You know, you you have to have trust in that guy. And that's kind of, I do think that if he's healthy, he will overtake uh, Walker just because... He has the ability to make those splash plays. And I, and as you said, ideally you would like to move forward with those two as your clear-cut uh, guys in the middle, both super athletic, both uh, would complement each other well. JOK and Phillips together makes a, a nice combination uh, in the middle of the field on your defense if, if he turns out to be the guy who we think he is, right? I think so. I think so. There's no doubt that there's a lot of trust in who he's uh... – who he's capable of being as as a, as a linebacker. They, I, I shouldn't say that. I think you have pointed out that there's a lack of trust there that he needs to prove, which I think is pretty fair. That I think there's an immense amount of hope that he can be the player that they've continued to believe is there despite the injury. So it's just a big year for him. Like collectively, it it's a really big year for him to figure this stuff out and identify how he's going to be successful in the league. Walker feels more like a guy that they wanted to get as an insurance policy above all else. So um, he's back in that regard, but every opportunity will be given to Phillips to figure that role out. I think that's going to be pretty obvious. They play next to JOK, who we put it this way. I can go over the stats with you here if you want to, but I'll (laughs) let you just kind of talk about what you like most about him and whether you think there's a whole new level of unlocking that's going to happen as he gets more confident. I do think there is a, a whole new level. I think, I mean, let's go back. We know how much people around the NFL like this guy and people that know more about football like this guy than me. We, let's talk, I mean, we're going to go back to our show where we did the Mike Clay uh, projections. Uh, Mike Clay had him projected for 919 snaps, 122 tackles. Uh, that's a monster year, right? So um, people are expecting big things from him, and I think he he's so... It's hard to explain. He's very intelligent. I think he knows the game. And combined with his athletic ability and the, just the super, super, just incredible uh, ability to make plays on the field and, and uh, get off of blocks and, and be at the right spot. He, I just think his combination of his intelligence and his athleticism is going to make him great. And I, I think he has, I mean, this, the ceiling is just way, way, way up there for me, Jake. Ceiling is definitely up there. Uh, ceiling is definitely up there. He's He had 57 tackles last year, 34 stop tackles, which is a fantastic number. Those are plays that are a net negative for a offense. Maybe not a tackle for loss, but they sort of stop somebody before they actually make a significant play. 
um, you know, downfield in terms of getting getting positive yards. He had he did have 15 missed tackles. So some of that some of that is sheer opportunity. And some mm-hmm. of that too should be noted. And I've talked about this a little bit where he um, he gets to plays that other linebackers might not get to. And because he gets to those plays, that means that uh, that means, in my opinion, he's he's he, if he misses that tackle, how do you it's, it's a question of how you want to view that. Right. Yeah. Because if you view that in the vacuum of, well, he's got a ton of missed tackles without the context of, well, he's here when an average or even above average linebacker might not have defeated that block and got to that point. I think you can trick yourself into thinking that all missed tackles are created equal. While that's not totally the case, like they're really not. All missed tackles are not created equal because you can miss a tackle, but in in slowing somebody down and redirecting where they're going, you completely change the outcome of a play, right? So I think that's an interesting thing to remember when we're looking at sort of how this all intertwines for him as a player. I think there's a clear abundance of talent here. I've talked about it in nauseam. He plays linebacker like a running back the ability to make people miss uh, in the, in the tackle box, both, both tight, uh, you know, both tight ends and interior offensive linemen and even tackles down blocking. If you pay really close attention, he will make people miss on those, um, on those, those down blocks and gap schemes. He'll make tackles miss. And there were a couple times this year where the tackle was so frustrated that he got, <laughs> got kind of shook out of his pants because you, you don't watch linebackers expecting them to make, lineman frustrated by just giving them like a quick one-two plant sneaking underneath yeah. their block that's the above average stuff right being able to do that stuff not you know people talk about what's a stack and shed look like can he get on a guy and get off well he doesn't have to be a great player taking on blocks if the guys just never get to him and he's still able if the guys can't get their hands on him and and, and move him because he's able to make them miss while also maintaining gap integrity and what i mean by gap integrity is the ability if every defense play Each person has a gap fit, like a a linebacker might have a B gap or an A gap or a C gap, depending on what uh, what the scheme is. So if he can maintain the the question of a young guy coming into the NFL like JOK, who's who's a smaller guy, right? He's not very big in terms of what traditional linebacker size look like back in the day. So it's always can he play the run game? Well, how does a guy like him win? in the run game well it's pretty obvious for a guy like him to win in the run game he's got to be creative and he is artistically creative about not letting people get their hands on and i saw some snaps where guys did get their hands on he was still able to get where he was supposed to go sometimes you know a linebacker just isn't going to be able to make a play like there's just a great block that happens on him or somebody gets him with some misdirection and that happens to him he does get blocked he's not infallible but more often than not, he's able to duck somebody, make a play, get to his gap fit, redirect a player. And, and I think you would agree, Brad, there are just these times where he plays at another speed than everybody else around him. There's some clips that highlighted that ability he has to play at another speed, and that's what makes him really special in that regard, in my opinion, is that he is able to to uh, to be a the speed closing speed of almost a safety as a linebacker, but also able to handle – the traditional linebacker stuff. He did have 57 tackles credited by pro football focus, 14 assisted tackles. So that the NFL would probably label that in the 75 tackle range. Tackle stats are just weird, man. I, I know yeah. you know this, but the, the way tackles are accredited are, are they're from, from publication to publication are pretty strange. So um, he was again, given about 60, I don't know, 63 tackles, 73 tackles, excuse me, from pro football focus. He was targeted in coverage 26 to 35 times. I apologize. Gave up um, a total of 
Uh, I'm trying to see what the total number here. Yardage of 168, so that's really not bad. Only 6.5 yards per reception. We know he had um, only, in my opinion, this was a bit tricky, but he did give up one touchdown in coverage. But the four pass breakups is lovely. He had no penalties against Brad, which is really awesome to not have a penalty against you for the year. So you like to see that too. He had 10 pressures on the quarterback, three sacks, six hurries, and uh, one batted ball at the line of scrimmage. So everywhere, man. He played 58 snaps along the defensive line. He played uh, 471 as a true box linebacker, 62 snaps in the slot. So the question becomes, I mean, he's super young still. He's only he's only 22 until November 4th. So he's going to play most of this year at just 22, and his cap number is only 1.47. So he's obviously this cheap player that's going to be cheap all four years. His maximum number in 2024 and remember, he's a second-round pick, so he's not eligible for that fifth-year option. His max number is two million. It creeps over two million as cap number two million and sixty thousand as his cap number next year. Um, uh, no, sorry, two years from now, twenty twenty-four. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's like, what do you think his ceiling is? Do you think he gets to the point this year where people consider him one of the best linebackers in the league? I, I think he stayed pretty healthy. That Arizona game, he had a twisted ankle. He missed, I think, three games. When that he rolled, it was a really weird late game ankle injury where he just rolled his ankle, high ankle sprain on a tackle when the game was already solved. That's kind of what annoyed me most was that the game was in that at that point already beyond solved. But I'm just curious what you think his ceiling is. Do you think he gets into? I think the NFL released a recent mock of uh, not a mock, but they interview those GMs and league executives, and he wasn't on the top ten. Is he set to have a breakout year? Like, do you think that's in him, or do you think he needs a little bit more time to continue to grow? And do you think they used him right, or do you want him to have more slot snaps or uh, creative things going on there? No, I, I like the way they used him. Actually, I was pretty fond of it. I, you know, the slot snaps are—that's okay. I, I'm not. I'd rather see him, you know, on the line of scrimmage, you know, uh, or you know, at true in the box more than 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 taking snaps in the slot. I guess. Um, but uh, because I think it frees him up. I mean, like, he's so much fun to watch, right? Like, he gets places you never expect him to see. I mean, as a gem, like, as a Browns fans this year, he is one of the bright spots. The most fun things to watch on this defense is just going to be to see him just become better every week. And, he, I mean, he just gets into the flat when you don't think he's going to get there, and he stops people short when you never think anybody's going to get there. He, he just his ability to close is ridiculous. I do think he has a fantastic year, Jake, but I think maybe like one more year and then maybe you can call him like a top 10 linebacker maybe in year three. I think Mm -hmm. the ceiling is certainly there, but maybe after one more year, I think is more realistic. Um, He's still going to make mistakes and stuff. And he's still going to has, has things to learn because of his size. As you mentioned, you know, he doesn't always use traditional uh, tactics to get off of blocks and what he makes people miss a lot and stuff like that and that's some of that is going to be learn a learning curve I think as he as he continues to go forward he's still going to need to figure some of that stuff out I think he's terrific and he's a lot of fun to watch and he's certainly going to be a huge a part of this defense uh, but is he like you know can we call him like an, an elite top five you know maybe one of the best linebackers in the NFL. I think we do at some point, but probably not in 2022, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's the goal. We talk about on this show for the audio previews, we've talked about good, great, and all of those outcomes. I think that great outcome is that he does sort of take that next mm-hmm. step into being in that discussion. A good outcome is he continues to be an effective. 
a very effective player with the arrow pointing upward. You would not want to see that missed tackle creep much, much higher. You know, you don't want him to have 25 to 30 missed tackles in a season. That would that would not be a number you want to see, even even with some of the stuff I'm caveating earlier. But uh, th- that to me is hard to see. He just is. He's just. I think he's going to get a lot better. I just think he's going to continue to get better as he gets more comfortable. And and th- I know there's more film on him, and teams will figure out a little bit more of how to play him and how to maybe put him in situations where he can't wiggle out of certain things. But uh, it's just it's really it's really hard for me to see him not getting better just based on the skill level that's there for him because he's just he's so gifted man he plays the game at a different speed and in his knack for being able to handle run game while also being an effective pass game player is is really really it's just it was even better than i imagined and it would be and i was i was so high on him coming out of the draft that for him to blow it away was was uh was just was really cool to see i will note that you said like the trust thing earlier right like he started the year weeks one two, three, and uh, really weeks one, two, and three, he did not quite have the trust of Woods yet. I think he only played 23 snaps his first week. He played 20, 25 week one, 18 week two, week three, played 23, and he was really good in week three. And then they're like, okay, we got to get this guy on the field after that Chicago game yeah. all the time. Week four, he played 35. Then he got into the week five and six. They were starting to really, we need him on the field all the time. As, we, as his trust grew, he was on the field for 68 and 64 snaps in L.A. and Arizona. Gets hurt, comes back. It's a little bit slow coming back. He was on the field for only 20 snaps week 10 and 11, uh, 14 snaps against Detroit in week 11, partly because Detroit was so run heavy. You know, that team, who were they starting? Tim Boyle. So I think they were really uh, trying to put a lot of run thumpers on the field and kind of with, with where JOK was and getting back from that injury be careful with him at that point but then it jumped back to the norm which is a ton of trust 68 72 62 44 in green bay 61 against pittsburgh and then 23 in week 18 because they kind of just wanted to get everything everybody they could have canceled that game they would have nobody really wanted to be there so there's clearly a lot of trust here i think he's going to be however many defensive snaps there's a chance there's a chance they'll green dot him eventually because he's going to be an every down player i continue to think that that will still go to john johnson for another year but I think he is eventually going to take that role for them, largely just because he's dynamic enough against the run and pass that they'll want him to be on the field all the time. And I expect that number of snaps, Brad, to creep above 700 into the 750, possibly 800 range uh, if, with, with what they end up making their base personnel this year. And I, I'm a little less certain of what the base personnel will be uh, with, with, um, with, with Troy Hill moving on. I, I still think... You know, I still think Newsom will be a guy. They they're going to want three corners on the field a lot. I don't expect them to be playing a ton of uh, a ton of man to man stuff, which would be comfortable happening out of. Uh, the, I, let me take that back. I think they're going to be playing a lot more man uh, coverage, not as much zone. That's going to creep a little more toward league average, and with that means a lot of nickel. So, I think JOK still finds a way his way on the field because he can handle zone and man. It's hard for me to envision him outside of an injury not having a really, really big role this year. Do you think that is accurate, or do you think there's some stuff there that I should pump the brakes on a little bit? No, I totally agree with you. I was just going to say, do you think, like, you know, you asked me about, like, and you said, like, good, great, bad, whatever, right? And, like, the good to great would be, like, oh, he's, you know, he's great, he's fantastic, but he still has a little bit further to go, you know, arrow pointing up, and that's kind of like what I feel like, you know, and then in maybe year three, he figures it all out, and he's top five, you know, in the NFL or whatever. Do you think he makes that jump this year? Do you think after this year, people are saying, yeah, he's 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 the real deal, he's top five uh, linebacker in the league? 
I think he's got a. Ch- I mean, I really do think the opportunity is going to be there. Last okay. year, when when you're coming into the league and you got to earn the trust, the snaps, and in the way they were after three weeks, like we got to get this guy on the field a lot more. Uh, by the end of the year, they're fully trusting him again to be on the field a ton. The grades were strong at a 76.5 total defensive grade, which is among the best on defense in the entire rookie class. 78.7 against the run, 70.3 pass pass rush number, and a 67.4 coverage grade, which are all good marks especially when it's tough playing will linebacker in coverage. It's just really brutal sometimes with the curl flat responsibility, or you have to handle a tight end and man coverage stuff. So I just, I think he will, I really do. And I think our expectation should be that I'm not going to be bummed if he just has a pretty good year because he can still take leaps. He's again, he's 22. He's going to play almost all of this year. at 22. Right. It's so young. So I do think though, in my opinion, just the flashes he had last year, if he's gotten faster, if he's gotten stronger, I don't want him to put on a ton of weight. I don't think he needs to. I think he needs to play how he's most comfortable playing. And if he's able to replicate that stuff and keep on that path, I don't see any reason why he won't get into those discussions. Now, largely, largely as you know, Brad, getting into those discussions means your team success. The defense overall collectively has a pretty good season. And I have to believe, based on our earlier conversation about where they'll be post-suspension, there's a lot of belief their defense is going to be pretty good. So... I, I think it'll it'll go nationally as far as the overall defense carries the Browns, put it that way. But the play on the field, I expect to be even better. I expect it to creep into the 70s, or sorry, the 80s as far as total grade, and I expect him to be up there in that, you know, in that group with with uh, the top of the group is, is probably like Fred Werner and Darius Leonard. Like, I see sure. eventually, I'm not here to tell you whether that's going to happen right away here, but I see a real possibility that he's a Fred, he's a, he's a Darius Leonard type player. Like to me, it feels pretty obvious that he has the same ability to be a lightning fast player and and be able to play the run game. I really can't stress how impactful it is for him to be able to be on the field as a run game defender to piggyback the pass game stuff and the play, the comfort he has playing in space. Because more often than not. JOK types are a sub package type of player where they're on the field and more often leaning heavier pass down situations just because they can't make an impact. But if you literally inside, I talk about it, it's like he's making these linemen miss in a phone booth. The, the space he has yeah. to make somebody miss is so small. And I, I almost want to make a little cut up of these, uh, of, of some of the times he just really frustrated opposing lineman because he would he would do these little he's got what's called oily hips in my opinion which <clears throat> yeah. a weird a weird sort of thing to say but he he doesn't have any issue uh making himself skinny or or like turning sideways or one two plant shoulder shimmy confusing alignment about where they think that he's going and then being able to lightning quick make it put his foot in the ground and surprise them and that ultimately leads to somebody missing and then we know how quickly he can he can cover you know cover ground to close out on a player or in my opinion what's also special there is he's able to like dive and grab ankles really well which is again a weird sort of thing to be like that's a great thing but to be able to get guys down where you probably don't have any business getting them down where you can't get much of your body on them but you have this ability to 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 be able to put them on the ground uh via grabbing ankles or timing up a slap of the foot just right so uh he's fun he's just really fun and i can't wait to see the development in this defense and i do hope and i expect there's no reason not to expect him to come into this year with a lot of trust and with that trust uh in my opinion uh, means a lot of snaps and with that opportunity and what we think is going to be a pretty good defense 
he should have every opportunity to, to, to have a nice season and get talked about among that group that we're talking about here, but the best in the league. Yeah. I don't think there's any question he gets there. It's just a matter of when. Right. So yeah. Good um, point. Good point. So, Maybe we're rushing the timeline a little bit, but I I just, I really do think he's got it. No, he could do it now. You know, I just, he's got it in him for sure. Yeah, that's the thing. It's in there, and I think that he, the the things that he put on tape last year, to me at least, were so strong that if he continues those and the stretch and duration of those snap opportunities increase, I really think it's just, it's going to be, you know how it can be sometimes too, where he's just got he's just got to get the ball a couple times, right? Like the ball yep. thrown in direction, pick off a couple of throws, make a couple of plays that maybe weren't expected, and all of a sudden you're in that discussion. It's like, oh hey, the Browns are nine and five, and who's their best defensive player? Well, look at it's this linebacker there. I think he planted the seed of that last year. He caught the attention of a lot of really important NFL people last year, so he's got a real chance to make it in year two. And I think you're right. If it's not this year, it'll be the next year he's probably got to put together a solid resume right in terms of how long that ends up happening but but i'm i'm so excited man i th- I just think he's one of the players grant delpit which we'll talk about later this week is another one but i've seen it from jok i need to see it from grant Del- i've seen the flashes of like this is how this guy makes himself really good and continues to be really good and when you get that and then you think about the growth that comes in the mental part of Ian in the defense for a second year or third year, hopefully we see a third year of Joe Woods. Like, I just think that that stuff added all added up is going to be a dangerous football player, man. So I, I'm just, uh, I get really excited about that stuff when the potential's there, but not just the potential, but you've really seen it uh, unfold in a young player. And I, I mean, to be honest, this is, I don't want to make it a dangerous thing, but that's how we felt about a Baker after 2018, right? We yeah. saw those flashes and that's why we were so excited. I, I don't expect JOK's outcome to be the same. I'd be pretty disappointed <laughs> if it was in terms of like the, the the some of the growth things that we're expecting from him. Quarterback is just so different. It's just it's just a, such a moving target all the time. But yeah. um to me he the, he has that in front of him, which is exciting. We don't know when it'll happen. We really don't know if. We think it it will, but we don't know uh, for certain if it will happen, but I I think it's to me at this point I I hope I'm not getting my out in front of my feet a little bit here, but I do think it's, it's just, it's going to happen at some point. It's more a matter of the yep. if here for sure, because he's, he's a lot of fun, man. And uh, I don't see there being like, when you watch him on tape, there's not this, there's this, I think that teams figured out back to the Baker analogy. I think teams figured out Baker from watching tape about what made him uncomfortable. I just didn't see many things that made JOK uncomfortable. And if you're trying to isolate a linebacker like him all the time and make him uncomfortable, you're missing out on a bunch of other you know, spots, positions and stuff that you should be focusing on in my opinion. Yeah. At least. So uh, that, that's the part of it that makes me think like this dude's going to be pretty good. Like I, I really feel like he's going to be really good for a while and, and get some really nice league wide respect this year. So exciting stuff yeah. all around there. So much fun to watch. Uh, and really the Browns defense has a lot of guys like that. When you talk about Greg Newsom and him and Delpit and you mentioned Delpit, you know, which we haven't seen as much from Delpit, but certainly, think a lot of fun stuff to watch on this defense this year which could be really good and i think so i'm with uh, you man I'm with led you. by him and, and miles garrett I, I think probably right so yeah you th- those are the guys you need denzel uh, uh as, as your secondary guy your your young secondary leader you need jok to and i that's a big thing to pay attention to this year is how much more i mean still again 22 very young so there's still you got to remember that. But does he start to take more of a leadership role? Leadership, do you start to see yeah. a ton of communication. Do you see some of those things that 
is he willing to take the reins there, right? Does he, does he, and I, I think that Walker's probably working with him on a lot of that stuff, but is he willing to do that? Do you see some of the communication things? Do you hear stories about him being a study all the time guy, a freak of nature, won't leave the, won't leave the building, that stuff that you want to hear about what makes guys all time great? Because I do think he has a skill set to be one of the greats at the position. So that's the stuff that you want to hear. You hope that stuff starts to trickle out. And if you do start to see that stuff, I just have a lot of faith in him. I think he'll, I think he'll get there. I really, I really do. And that's why I was so excited to see them take him where they took him and move up and get aggressive to take him. And um, uh, yeah, just, just think that he's going to be nice. And, and Jacob Phillips could be a nice, uh, nice, at least for the rookie contract here for Phillips, be a nice player there, but you're, you're right. You know, miles continues to be your upfront guy. You build around JOK, find pieces to build around him and then, and then find guys with Newsom and, and uh, Denzel to sort of supplement. And, and I think you got something really nice for, you know, I don't really go past, this is me, Brad, but I don't really go past five years in the NFL because <laughs> so much can change in five years. So it's hard sure. to give a decade of this. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, we'll see. <laughs> you know, everything's short-lived in the NFL, so we'll Not see. Not for but long, I, right? Exactly. So they're in a good spot there, and I think JOK is a, uh, has a real potential to be this year, at the end of this year when we talk about it, is is the guy that is – okay, well, let's kind of start tinkering with what another contract for him would look like because we think he's going to be that special, or he is that special. So oh, definitely, that's exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah. Definitely. All right, Brad. Good show, man. This was fun. We appreciate you guys checking it out uh, You know, on your Monday. Hopefully you had a good weekend. I know I didn't put anything out on Sunday, so this is catching you fresh uh, from a Sunday that you hopefully got out and enjoyed with your family, had a good time, and uh, come back for the work week or, or work out or whenever you listen to these pods, uh, pumped up and ready to go. We'll continue. I know I will. I know Brad will continue to put out a ton of good stuff leading up to a big decision this week in July 27th now, 17 days away from the kickoff of training camp. So it's right in front of us, man. So, you know, people are probably organizing those fantasy leagues and all that stuff at this point, Brad. It's getting, oh, gosh. It's getting there. Fantasy, creeping, fantasy right? football. Yeah, yep. man, it's creeping, creeping closer. So uh, good stuff, brother. Brad, I always appreciate taking some time with you, man. So uh, really, really good stuff all around, dude. You're the best, Jake. Thanks for having me, brother. Likewise, man. So we will get with Brad again uh, this later this week, prob- probably over the weekend. So check that out. I know I'm going to start finally putting up some of the uh, playbook changes that are coming uh, for the Browns offense this year. So check that out at the OBR. That'll be up soon, maybe perhaps tomorrow if the uh, if the time is found tonight. We'll see about that. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the check out Brad's podcast throughout the week. Check out this one. They'll all be there available for you guys. Thanks to everybody continuing to check out the OBR Twitch, the OBR's website, and the uh, the podcast here and continuing to check out All Eyes on Cleveland. Thanks, guys. Have a great day, and go Browns.